Hello. Hello. And welcome to another episode of From, From the, the Lower Level. Level. We're a little bit late this week. It's been one hell of a week. There's been so much going on, but we're here. We're ready. Um, for those of you who've forgotten who we are, I'm Moshi. And I'm Patrizio. Wow. This week, we are both done our vocal exercises while out for dinner, and our voices are ready to go. Although, Patrizio, I feel like looking at you, <laughs> you could probably do with a few more vocal exercises. <laughs> It has been such a long week. I was, like, really confused as to where you were going with that. I was like, what is happening here? What is she saying about like, me? Should I know what she's talking about? Just try it. If it works for Drew, it'll work for all of us. No? You know what? I don't think I've ever seen anyone do very cool exercises <laughs> on a podcast before. I usually do them before we start chatting but i'm here for it now to be honest i never do them and i actually think we should let's add that to the repertoire okay maybe yeah okay here for it all right here for it you know what i'm here for let's see if i can do a you said the tea i'm here for the tea what's the tea this week oh my god let's start off with our girlfriends from salt lake city what was those photos that they posted on Instagram today? They were, like, shooting some looks? Yeah, they're, they're doing, like, I think their confessions and, re- like, their first looks and stuff. From the looks of things, it looks like they're all going to be doing recording from home for their confessionals um, because, hello, it's a pandemic. So, yeah. But the real drama this week what? has been the leaked audio of Jen Shah strongly wording some feedback to one of her I was gonna say costume designers um wow I don't know what did you think I didn't think I mean I am a self-proclaimed Jensha apologist (laughs) but, but I didn't think that she was being that rude to him I think she was just direct and I don't know, what, what's your hot take on Look, this? Look, as somebody who's worked with you, I understand why you would think that that behaviour was acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> your idea of direct and other people's ideas of direct. That said, I will also point out that you can also take it, okay? You're somebody who can dish it, you're somebody who can take it. And I love you for it. I love you for it. But I think what it was is that it's more about the juxtaposition between what, how Jen talks about other people. Like she was happy to just say that I know her and Mary are friends now. I don't, I don't want that to end or whatever that is. But, you know, she called out a lot of things about Mary and she used kind of Mary's bad behavior as this, thing against her and as we all know Jen behaves badly all the time I think the thing to note is that it's not just what was said but hearing from that specific designer who is responsible for a lot of Jen's iconic looks on her Instagram he has actually come out and he is no longer working with her 
And he has said, like, this is essentially how she would talk to him all the time. She'd basically tell him that, you know, if you're not doing it as quickly as I want it, you're like a piece of shit. I think at this point, I know you're a Jen Shah apologist, but I think we cannot excuse her behavior anymore. It's not about, it's got nothing to do anymore with like being a woman of color or any of that sort of stuff. Like I think she does actually have some bad behavior and anger management issues. And she needs to learn how to communicate to people who she wants to support her. I, I, I just think that she, she, she thinks she's being Miranda Priestly, you know, from Devil Wears Prada, and it's not. Yeah. No, no, but she's not. Miranda Priestly would never have to swear at someone to put them down. Like, that's the difference. It's like the way she's going about it, there's no tact. No, I was going to say the same thing. Like, she thinks she's a diva like Mariah Carey, but she could never. Like, yeah. it's just, yeah, she, she just can't do it. But I think the most concerning part was that, like, she had refused to pay this guy yes. as well. It had been, like, a long time since he had been paid. And apparently, I don't know, like, he designed Heather Gay's reunion outfit and then, like, there was no kudos because... But I it, I found it unclear whether he designed the one that Jen Shah was wearing or he had designed something that she then chose not to wear I to the reunion. I think it's something that she chose not to wear. But, I mean, I will say for Jen, I love the fact that she essentially only wears couture because all of her outfits she doesn't really buy anything off the rack like everything is I guess she's a petite woman so she has designers at her disposal to customize things for her and then what I love is that she's I I, I believe the only person wearing them but they then become like part of her brand it's it's quite a good system she's got going on yeah well um you know, moving on to other bad business decisions. <laughs> like, where am I'm I like, going with this? this? Um, it's terrible. You know, sometimes you got to try. You just got to see what True. happens. Um, well, let's go to LA, oh. Beverly Hills, oh. Lisa Vanderpump, LDP. restaurant pump. <laughs> suspended indefinitely because of her tax issues. I mean, it's been a rough year. The pandemic has definitely destroyed the LA restaurant scene. And I think Pump was a early, an early exit from the scene. Well, we all know that Villa Blanca is gone. The iconic feel, it's I mean, boarded up, honey. It is done. We have seen the pictures. It does not exist. Well, what's left? I think she has like She's got left. Sir. And and the thing about Sir as well is that it relies, I mean, if we're going to talk about Housewives adjacent other shows, you know, Vanderpump Rules is centred really about around the team that work at Sir and they're not working. But outdoor dining has reopened in Los Angeles. And I think the thing about Pump is that there was tax issues, but I think they'd failed like a whole bunch of other things that you need to be able to run a restaurant so I just look these people always have enough money to get themselves out of these issues I think it would just be a shame like I'm not a huge LVP fan anymore but like she needs to sort her shit out she has a new show coming out anyway where they go and eat dinner at her house yeah that's not going to be interesting like we'll watch it for two seconds and then be over it I won't even watch it. Yeah, I don't think I'd watch it. 
Well, you know who does have money right now, Moshi? Not me. Ramona oh my gosh. Singer. The Singer Stinger. You know, she's got $300,000 in her bank account and she's got no qualms in telling everyone about it. She, but Did she leak? What do you call this when you, like, actively post your own bank statements onto your Instagram? The other thing is about Ramona, it's like, Ramona is such a, like, mum on social medias, like, daggy mum on social medias. And it's just, like, at the same time, she's also, like, I don't know if she realises it, but she's a celebrity. Like, she needs to be higher. It's just, it's just, like, this is one of those moments where you're, like, Ramona does her own Instagram. <laughs> like, she, I don't think she intended to show the, like, what was in her checking account, which was, like, something like $350,000 just sitting there in her checking account. But, yeah, I think she was trying to show, like, how much she charges for cameos because there's, like, all these $100 cameo activity and stuff. She just forgot to blank it out. I don't think she <laughs> forgot. I think she knew what she was doing. Are you impressed by seeing that Ramona has $300,000 just sitting in a checking account? No, I'm not. Because if you've got that much money sitting in a bank account, you should be investing it. She should be buying Bitcoin or something. With <laughs> or it money. should be sitting in, some, like, in, in like a savings thing that's gaining interest. But I know Ramona is such a tight ass. I suspect she wouldn't want to pay the tax on that. Well, you know what? It's just money doing nothing. She may as well just be hiding it under her. True. The funny thing as well is, like, knowing that she has, like, fake Gucci's and fake Chanel bags when she's got that money to buy. (laughs) I just love her Moshi, that's how you stay rich. I know. My mom told me a long time ago, if you want to stay rich, don't spend your money. (laughs) Literally, that's how it happens. I need to get rich first to stay rich, so let's let's talk about that. Well, speaking of other New York trash. I thought you were gonna say um, speaking of like other rich bitches. Uh I mean trash is the only word I want to use for Ooh. Bethany Frankel. You know what? That mean the, the big news this week has obviously been the Oprah, Megan and Harry interview. Oh. And Bethany Frankel felt that she had to give her two cents. It was so dumb. Next. It was so dumb. But what I love is that, like, I will say this for Bethany, is that, like, she can take it. She dishes it and then everybody heaps on her. And, she like, she's so into herself that she literally, her apology was a non-apology. It was like, I'm sorry, you know, but it's like, she literally does not care about anybody else but herself. Like it is the insanity of somebody that into themselves. It always, it means that like, whenever I watch anything back now, I watch it with like a different perspective. You know what I mean? Mm, Yes. That she literally had nothing nice to say about Meghan Markle. And she said it before the interview had even aired, I think. Like it was... I mean, I think there have been a lot of people who have had an opinion to share before even seeing the interview or even waiting for it to air and read, like, the tidbits on, like, you know, the TLDR and all these websites. But just, yeah, completely, like, insensitive and, yeah, the non-apology afterwards and just, like, 
go back under the rock that you crawled out. Yeah, I will say, though, that the way that I saw Bethany react to Meghan Markle, and for those of you who see how badly Meghan Markle, like how badly Bethany reacted, I want you now to go back and look at the way she treated Jules. I'm still here for justice for Jules. I want you to, like, now look at the way she treated, like, a Cindy Barsha, the way she treated, like, Heather. You know, the the superiority that I guess Sonia had called out and Ramona calls out and to some degree Luann calls out, it's really there. Like, Bethany centres herself constantly when other people are having trauma or tragedy. And it's like that that's something we know. Like, a lot of people do that, but there is a way to do it without completely negating somebody else's experience and that Bethany does it and we continue to buy skinny girl it's like ah who's buying skinny girl I, I still I was looking at like the homegirl Kathleen about finding some skinny girl margaritas <laughs> skinny girl like does everything it does like popcorn it does like I mean she only eats skinny girl as well which is wild she only dresses in Skinny Girl. She only, like, drives in Skinny Girl. She only snowboards in Skinny Girl. We, the list goes on and on and on. Well, you know what? I am done speaking about her. Bye. I want to get into this week's episode, Real Housewives of Atlanta, episode number 12. Are we at the mid-season yeah, mid-season. Have we seen the mid-season Yes, previews? we saw it last week. Oh, it's been a week. <laughs> <laughs> um... Wow. We are... I don't even remember this episode, to be <laughs> Because honest. it really was not very memorable. I think, like, the we, we, the we crescendoed with Bolo, and now we are, like, on a steep decrescendo, and it is, like, not fun. In musical terms, what we would really need right now is a coda. We want to go back to Bolo, it, like, that level of excitement. And I guess the idea is that, Cynthia's wedding is being positioned as that next like milestone so we've got four days to go at this stage until the big day and literally everything is falling apart right like (laughs) like the list that she like rolls off but the whole the main issue is that the dress that she ordered for this is Cynthia the dress that she ordered for her mum still has not arrived that was, can I just tell you, that was, like, one of the most boring story, like, plot points in this episode because essentially it's it's meant to tell us why Cynthia is then, like, missing from action from the main event of the episode, which was for her <laughs> as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Next. Um, <laughs> but I guess... <laughs> The other part of, like, the Cynthia wedding bachelorette storyline is this whole, like, who leaked to page six? Kenya! So, as she's... If Latoya, if Latoya he... says it's Kenya, then it's Kenya. Well, I mean, who else is it going to be? No one. Really, it's right? Kenya. You want to ask well, me again? And... <laughs> That's where this episode ends. <laughs> well, it's really interesting because Kenya says, what I love about this actually, Kenya says, I would never leak to page six. Now, if it was like one of the others, like a B Scott or a blah, 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 
yes, I would be inclined to leak it there, which I don't think Kenya realizes that publications work together all the time. You might have leaked it to a B Scott, which she most likely has because we find out next week B Scott is reporting the same thing. And B Scott is actually saying who it was, is naming names. Um, so it's a hundred percent Kenya. And the fact that Latoya was just like, it's Kenya, like who else would it be? And Latoya is her number one fan. So well she's actually Drew's number one fan and she's Kenya's lover. Why does Kenya do this? Because it's drama. It's, you know, she does it because she's, she likes to, you know, she wants to ruin other people's fun. Like this is, this is how she gets her kicks. But I will say she's finally getting therapy. And we love that. We have been asking for therapy for Kenya. Well, I mean, there was a lot of, like, stuff going on with Kenya in this episode as well, right? I actually, like, was thinking about it, and I feel like although Cynthia's wedding has been sort of, like, the main event that we've been, like, working towards, I kind of feel like Kenya has been driving the storyline this season. Like, it's very Kenya-heavy. Um, and it's only becoming more so, I feel. I feel like at the start, there was a bit of that sort of like the Black Lives Matter, like Porsche storyline. And that's kind of like dropped off now. And it's all about Kenya. Um, I think Kenya knows that as well. And I think, you know, Kenya knows how to make television. She knows, excuse me, how to produce. You, you know, this is the producer. Like she knows how to keep her, the interest on her. Um, I mean, it does suck that it's at the cost of a divorce. Um, it's at the cost of her having to be, like, shady to other people. Like, but girlfriend knows what's up. But, I mean, I think she's also the only one that's, like, got anything going on. I don't really know, like, what do the other women have going on? Yeah. Other than Cynthia's wedding. Like, they don't really... Things are kind of just, like, coasting, I feel. Like, Candy, like, I don't know what she's up to. Porsche again, like kind of. There's no real activism at this Jumping, sort of yeah. point. Drew, because she like moved house, but again, like, not really much going on there. So like, Kenya's the really only one that's actually got a lot of like stuff. Going no, on good observation. Yeah, yeah, facts. I mean, it was interesting to me that I will say that Kenya also cautioned Cynthia on having a prenup and and so did all of them really because Cynthia is going to this wedding without a, a prenup having particularly having seen what Kenya has just gone through with Mark Daly and and the tumultuousness of this divorce yeah I don't really understand like why you wouldn't get a prenup like because when she was like I'll get a prenup that's like I'll do that later. Like, it's never going to happen, right? Especially if you've got money, if you've got assets and you've got things that you worked your ass off. Like, and the way it's set up in the US, it's like the whole alimony thing. Like, you know, just the fact that Mark could do that. And we find out that that's been removed, but he did it in retaliation. Like, he did it to get back at her. Like, just that somebody could do that to you, oh, not, not, no. But I think this is like, definitely like what we 
hypothesized last week, right? We were like, he totally knew yeah. what he was doing. He was playing this all along. The whole, you know, love song dedications thing. That was all a plot. He's he crazy. so manipulative. Know. Like, it's so funny because the way he's manipula- manipulative, I feel like people, you know what it is? Like, people say, like, women are so emotional. And because they're emotional, they become manipulative. And it means that they do stuff. But he is obviously, like, he needs therapy too. He's obviously very emotional and there's a lot of things that he needs to resolve because they're causing him to be so toxic, so toxic. Like, and it's not fun. Like, I don't know why he would want to put himself through it either. Like, it's not fun. Well, I think he's a bit of a control freak, right? True. But just the fact that he was able, like, it's really weird to me. The the simple fact that he, that him like off camera, obviously he, him and Kenya are able to have some conversation where he, he's honest and is like, I did it to get back at you. It's like, it means to me that he's not like bad at communication. Like he's not scared to tell her things, but like, I feel like he, he did things. Uh, I don't know. I can't rationalize it. I just can't get it. Yeah, you know, I think the interesting thing with Kenya is, like, I feel like we she has these, like, growth moments, but then she's also just, like, you know, down and dirty, you know, leaking to page six and all the rest of it. Like, I think, you know, you, you've already mentioned the therapy, like, you know, there was a bit of that shown on the show. Um, the conversation that she had with her dad, like, yeah. it, it's obviously, like, they seem to have like a really like you know stable relationship right now so that was like really really good to see but that's an interesting character right well i feel like does he even i don't i just don't understand kenya's story maybe i need to like watch the old seasons or something but i feel like she didn't really have a good relationship with her father i think she was raised primarily by her grandmother and it wasn't so much that she didn't have a great relationship with her father I think because I think it's one of those things like he married somebody else and they it, it was like you can't bring your old family into this new family mm. but I suspect that he was there for her like financially and did all the things that he could do but he was also just like my wife is not going to raise you a woman needs to raise you so she'd be raised by her grandmother but it's also interesting to me that when they showed that flashback of her aunt Laurie, who we don't see very much anymore and who was so, you know, was there at the beginning a lot, that situation where Kenya is explaining how she went to go as an adult, went to go visit her mother now to say, Hey, I'm a woman in my forties. Now let's have a discussion. And her mother just completely froze her out. Now, look, I don't know what her mother's gone through and I know it's tough, but it was so interesting to me to see that she also just doesn't have the support from her family to mend the relationship with her mom. Like it seems to Mm. me that everybody is just like, you don't need to have a relationship with her. And it seems to me like the other people still speak to Kenya's mom. It's literally like her mom just because she didn't want to have a kid and then she had one. And, And again, we do not know what has caused that we do not know why she feels these feelings it it just from the outside it it is painful because here is a child begging for a mother and begging to be claimed but yeah it's just 
it, it seems to me that what would really help Kenya is having some more understanding. Like she, she, I don't think she feels that she fully, like she, they're telling her the truth and she wants to know why. So she can have that. Such a terrible situation. It is. It's real, And I think like you and I have such close relationships and bonds with our mums. And when I see somebody who, who has a mum and they're not able to have that, it's just, oh, I couldn't imagine it. But hopefully her therapy will mm. help her work through some of that because I think at the same time, I think there comes a point where you kind of just have to accept that it's just something that is not going to change, right? Um, she can reach out as much as she likes, but her mum is obviously stuck yeah. um, where she I is. would love it if we're getting a turning point where we're starting to see, because like, you know, I have never liked Miss Kenya more, but I want to like her. And if we're starting to see her now helping herself to get better, I am here for that. I hope it's a turning point. I, I can't wait to see what what version of Kenya we get at the end of this series, but I'm I'm going into it with our open heart. Well, but you know what? And another part of this episode was the Kenya versus Rue drama. And I just want to say if Kenya grows, I don't care because I'm here for Drew. I am team Drew through and through. That was a rhyme. <laughs> I, just, I need to interrupt you every time because that's what Drew does. Yeah, the vocal exercises, like, the, the whole fact that she's, like, singing at Cynthia's wedding. An- Angel. Is she a singer? Yes, well, I mean, she can sing. She's a triple threat. Oh, is she known oh, for okay. her singing? No. no. But Ralph is a musician and I suspect he teaches singing and he can he's like probably a producer or something. He can do all that shit. Oh Ralph. Oh, oh, oh. Alright, this is probably really different, right? <laughs> My turning red again, Jesus. <laughs> um yeah, Angel of Mine. And can we just point out Mark Hill's shade? I was like, this is why he works for Fox News. Like, when I was hearing all the stuff that he was saying, like, um, he was doing all that dad stuff. Like, Portia was like, oh, Portia. Cynthia was like, do you like Angel of Mine by Monica? And he was like, yeah, when she sings it. And then he was just, like, saying all these little quips. And I was like, we are seeing the real Mike Hill. I didn't know he works for Fox News. Oh, he did. He, he worked, in, oh. like, not for Fox News, like, he worked in Fox Sports. So he was a commentator and he's a sports journalist. But he wasn't on ESPN, he was on Fox. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. Well, I mean, look, the highlights of this dinner, I mean, the highlight for me was when Kenya called her poor. <laughs> to split the bill. <laughs> Yeah, she had to split the bill. But, I mean, I get it. Like, I have to agree. I I wouldn't pay for Kenya's meal oh, no. or drink or whatever after she's been a bitch. Like, get fucked. No, but I think, like, but I think Kenya was happy to pay for both of them. Anyway, in fact, I would have made Kenya pay. I don't want to spend my money. We were just talking about how you stay rich. This is true. But it's the principle, Moshi. I don't want her. I don't want her doing no favors for me. I can pay for my own meal, and I definitely ain't paying for yeah, yours. Yeah, I don't know. That was. It was just. Do you know what it was? It was such an awkward 
lunch. I actually thought that like, I, okay. I will say that I do love Drew, but, and you know, we know I'm not a Kenya fan, but I think there was a moment where at some point it's like Drew was beating a dead horse and Kenya made an effort to like, let's just move on. And Kenya was like, talk to me about your family. Like, if we're going to be friends, like the tr- the fact is you're not going to get what you want from Kenya in relation to like why she did the private jet, why she did all those things. She did at the at the holiday come clean about why she's been an asshole lately. I mean, lately, always, but particularly at the moment. And she has asked for a fresh start. So I do think Drew continuously going back and harping on things. I would have behaved the same way. Like I would have been annoyed. Would you have sung in response, though? <laughs> I don't know about the singing. The singing was weird. It depends who I was talking to, but I can't say that I've ever, like, used music as an attack. <laughs> <laughs> like, she went in on the offense and was like, I'm going to la-la-la-la-la you out of here. Like, it, Drew, Drew was but annoying you- in that lunch, you know, whatever it was. Well, as I said earlier, though, you gotta experiment. You gotta try. You gotta see what the viewers say on the Twitters afterwards, and then you never do it again. True, but I mean, I think what we've learnt through the last few episodes is that Drew can hold her own, and her outfits and her hair, the wigs have come out. Well, how did you feel? I'm gonna move the a little bit more forward from. now. The blonde lace She front. was giving me Baps with that outfit. And if you haven't watched Baps, you need to. It is a movie starring Halle Berry very early on in her career. And it is comedy brilliance. But, yeah, that latex, full latex outfit with the blonde hair. Like, I love blonde. You've seen me in a few blonde wigs. You know I love to pull on a blonde wig. But um, it was a lot for just being at the pumpkin patch. I was into oh, it. Oh, you would 100% wear it. The whole outfit. Orange latex, blonde I think, wig. Well, it was like an orange latex, right? I think it was, I think it was like thematically appropriate for the event. Oh, because of the color? Because <laughs> she was wearing orange and she was yes, a patch. But that was, that was Marlo's brief. Like, come with a full look. I don't know. I would have called it autumnal. Yeah, it was do autumnal. that in the US. It was autumn. It was yeah, autumn. They they still say autumnal for the looks. Like they still call it autumn winter, in the fashion pages. Anyway, <laughs> but I do enjoy Marlo hosting events. There was so many activities. Love to see it. You know who's giving me life, Shamia. Well, I feel like it, Shamia. She was never around. I feel like the last she had her she baby last season. Yeah, that's right. So she was that was like what two seasons yeah. ago now, I guess that the reunion she was pregnant. So last season she wasn't really around, and then this season she's kind of come in halfway. And I'm just wondering whether she's taking over where like Tanya like fell off. Having said that, though, she was also at. The Bachelorette. Yeah, I think Shamia is very good friends with Cynthia, and I think that her and Portia are trying to 
re-blend their their friendship because that did kind of fall off the wheel. And I think it's it's just a pledge. And also I think we know that there were only five women that ended up with peaches. So given that they knew the pickings were going to be slim, I think they wanted the whole cast. They wanted to bring out all the favourites because the ratings, my friend, are not very good at the moment. Well, I mean, it's been a slow season. And if you're not a Kenya fan, there's not a lot You know what? That's 100% right. I think you've spelled it out. And I think that's kind of why, like, the nini of it all was always good because most of us were so invested in nini even when she was being terrible like you know it's like ramona ramona is terrible sonia also terrible but was so invested in them being terrible as well that they can't leave the show but they're a good kind of terrible that makes sense well what what was your highlight at the harvest? I feel like you didn't have a highlight. I feel like it was like maybe some moment where Shamir was dancing. Anytime Shamir is shaking her booty, I'm here for it. I think for me, it was the fact that Portia like drove <laughs> oh, in a completely opposite late. direction, and then showed up like five minutes before everyone went home. Like, I, if I was Portia, I just I wouldn't even have bothered. I would have just she like said she was gonna come. Yeah, uh, uh, look, let's just call this spade a spade. It was a shit episode. It was boring. Yeah, I give it one pumpkin Half out of five. Half a pumpkin, mate. Half, Half a pumpkin. And not, not even like a full pumpkin. I'm talking like a butternut squash. Like the small, like not a big pumpkin, just like a small pumpkin, half of that. What about like a mandarin, like, pretending to be a pumpkin and then only half a mandarin yeah even then like if i had to pick a citrus i'd be picking a kumquat interesting well this conversation is moving (laughs) to the left that was yeah we even we we i'm glad we've got it out of the way because it gave me no motivation well you know what i have a lot to discuss right after the break because we are getting into the Tiffany, Dr. Tiffany oh, Moon show. Oh, my favourite. Oh, I have so much to say about this. I can't episode. wait to hear it. We'll be back soon. And we're back. We're back. Oh, my God. This is, like, my favourite part of the episode. As much as I hate this franchise, I just love talking about the Dr. Tiffany Moon show. I love her. I am in agreement. I am in agreement. I... Like last week, I did get very in my feelings about Dr. Tiffany Moon. And this week, I feel validated. I just want to say, like, I don't know if you've also seen, like, outside of the show, but, you know, Dr. Tiffany Moon has also been very open on Instagram, particularly this week, about the toll that this show is taking on her mental health and on her well-being. So. <sighs> oh, like, I think she tweeted as well, like, if about Brandy and was like, if you're uncomfortable, like, that's your problem. But I think just having to re, I, because Re-live I think it. that this is quite traumatic, like, this exchange with Brandy is quite traumatic, that we are, like, 
finished on last week and start on this week. And, you know, like then they jump in the lake and then Tiffany just like breaks down while they're still in Austin. She she leaves the lake, goes back to her room, has to have a shower, obviously, because the girl hates germs. We know this. And all she wants to do is pack her shit and be alone. And what happens? They fucking crowd her. All of those girls pile into a room and continually are just asking, are you okay? What's wrong? Is it because of this? Have you ever, like, you know when your friends want to be supportive and instead they're doing the worst job at it and then all you want to do is cry? Well, it's like a sorority, right? I feel like they're just like sorority girls and like, oh, my God, did he break your heart? Like, I was just so upset watching it because, like, she does. She does this lake jump thing because she's trying to, like, I don't know, push herself outside of her comfort Mm. zone. But it's just not her. And she shouldn't have to do all this, like, crazy shit. And you know what? I I don't... Say it. It was me last week. This is your week. Do it. Do it. starting caring. This is my problem. I think we might need to stop the podcast because I hate her. (laughs) The way that she was, like... Let's just jump in the lake because that's going to solve all our problems. I'm like, they're like, that is like the epitome of like brushing it under the carpet. Like, let's not address any of the like bullshit white fragility I have just observed. Like, let's all just jump in the lake. It will solve everything. You'll feel so much better. No, bitch, she's not. She's going to feel worse. Like, Carrie literally did that to her. I am so done with Carrie. Like 100%. all she is is a tequila shot. Like bye. I'm gonna take my shot and I don't understand okay. why she's trying to frame herself as like Dr. Phil. Like why she keeps saying, Why don't you talk to me? She's she's literally I don't know who she thinks she is. Oh, no answer, no comment. She is can I just say that? Trash. I think, okay. But I also think that for the first time in a long time, Carrie is a bored housewife. I think like, you know, the show is called The Real Housewives. And for the most part, we often see these women, they start new careers. They use the show as like a jump off. And I know that Carrie has tried to do that with her jewelry company. But honestly, what I see is a meddler. Like even um, Cam knows when to mind her business, isn't trying to, be all up in everybody's business like Carrie's like you know you should talk to me it's like who you're not a counselor you're not anything like why should people talk to you and then like she punishes people for not speaking to her and like telling her all of their secrets and I'm like somebody like that is so dangerous they want and the reason why they're so dangerous is because they're they're so quick to listen when it's you like you know opening up your heart and being like super vulnerable and then in the same breath, they will tell you to suck it up, princess. Like, I cannot handle somebody like that. I just, goodbye, Carrie. Yeah, she needs See to go. Later. I would be very goodbye. happy if she did not return next season, but I know that she will. Because I know, like, Cam won't come unless she comes or something. It'll be, they all love uh, her, so. You know what? Send them all. You know, OC needs a reboot. 
But, like, I'll tell you what, Dallas needs, like, put it on life support. And Dr. Tiffany Moon is the one to put it on. No, support. I'm going like, to say this again. I think we are lucky to get this season of Dr. Tiffany Moon. I think she'll be an iconic housewife. But I think it'll take a hell of a lot for her to come back next season. Oh, she is a doctor that has tried to treat the patient, but the patient, unfortunately, is not worth saving. Not worth saving. I mean, everybody is worth saving, but in this instance, do not resuscitate. Do not resuscitate. They have asked you not to resuscitate them. I don't know. And then, like, the white fragility, it just goes on. Like, Brandy talking about her therapy. So, I just can't. I will say that I appreciate Brian, Brandy's husband. Like, I love that he just, like, she she went in again to complain about, you know, like, she Brandy's looking for so much sympathy from other people. And her husband was like, yeah, okay, but, like, think about it from her perspective. <laughs> think about it from Tiffany's perspective. Um, you know, she, I thought it was really interesting when she was, like, talking shit about Deandra's, you know, medicine monday and brinkley was there and she was like should i bring jesus and brinkley was like that's possibly quite like insensitive and offensive and you don't want to be a karen and i was like your daughter has this like self-awareness of like i mean if she does that means you've done a good job of raising her but yeah like brandy i mean we know she's not coming back next season so i i'm like do we even need to keep talking about her uh, I just I just want to say that, like, her putting herself in therapy, it was just, like, the biggest, like, BS. Well, she, went, she sorry, went away like... for treatment, remember? She went away. I don't want to diminish anybody's therapy, but to me it just seems like she didn't learn anything in therapy. She's just come back more selfish. Uh, I just... I don't know, she needs a lot more than just therapy. So I what's think. the rule? We don't talk about Carrie. We don't talk about Brandy. Like, I'm okay. And so that's the end <laughs> of this episode. No, <laughs> um, no, I just thought it was interesting. I feel like all season, Brandy has had, like, hardly any airtime, yep. which has been great. But this was, like, her first solo scene. Like, I don't think she's no, had she a really scene hasn't. by herself yet. And this was, like, and this is the thing. This is, like, she's getting, like, this edit of, like, Woe is me. Look at, like, I'm trying to so I don't think she and, is like, getting that edit. So much. And, like, no. I, I, don't, I think it's been sympathetic towards no. her. I don't think. I think. You think it's been casting her in a no, bad light? No, I think it's been giving her enough rope to hang herself. Because, I'm sorry, like, the way she's come off, she, she to me, she comes off as looking dumb and selfish and self-centered and as somebody who is... You know, at the end of the day, she, the only person she needs to forgive is herself. But she look, she came off looking so bad at the end of that dinner in Austin, the way she treated De- Dr. Stephanie. Um, they've kept in all the edits of her kid calling her out, her husband kind of calling her out and telling her she needs to go back and do stuff. I, don't, I think they have given her enough rope. And like I said last week, I think that this is the reason why she has quit. She's decided mid-season not to return is because we know they get a couple of episodes in advance. So I think she's seen like the last three episodes or whatever and she's gone, oh, damn, 
there is no coming back from this. And she's bowed out. Oh, I don't I don't even want to give her credit for thinking that. Like I don't I don't think she's smart enough to figure that out. <laughs> I don't know. Well, if she's not smart enough, her husband is. Somebody has watched yes, it. Somebody else. Somebody has watched it and has said, You gotta go now because you cannot you cannot come back from this. And I think it makes perfect sense. Like we've said, she's got all this other stuff going on in her personal life. Let her focus on that. Yes, that's what we're saying. Um, but I'm saying, there's the door. Goodbye. Don't let the door split you, hit you where the good Lord split you. <laughs> Honestly, you know, they are God-fearing women in Correct. Texas. Um, but I guess, okay, well, let's talk about Dr. Tiffany Ruth and my favourite topic. Um, yeah, she was, like, opening up so much yeah. more. It's always with her husband. I love these moments in the bedroom. Well, with people she trusts. So with her husband and with Deandra. End of list. Oh, no, no. And with Stephanie and Cam at that hike. You know, we are seeing the, like, we are seeing her pull down those walls and, and share a little bit more about, you know, what keeps her up at night, what she's struggling with. And it is kind of beautiful. And I do love her husband. I love that he is the complete opposite of her. Like, you know, let's just have fun with the kids and doesn't care about mess and, you know, it's good for the kids. They need they need both sides. I just, oh, she's such, I, I'm really sad that, like, she has gone through this traumatic experience and having to relive it all as well because I just think she's just a superstar and I just, I really love seeing her on tv i've enjoyed like her whole journey you know like yeah it's hard to open up to a group of women but they're like a difficult group of women to like you know get into it they don't have a shared history or shared experience right like i think though tiffany from a different world world, but i think like you know let's let's put our marginalized people hats on for a second right so she has been brought in from the first episode to like confront this really specific act of Asian hate that was perpetual that was perpetrated by Brandy. Like that's in the first episode. She has to forgive Brandy and atone Brandy for her sins. And now we are on episode nine and it's still coming up and Brandy's having these feelings, right? So she hasn't even had a chance to just enjoy being a housewife and this is the problem with tokenism this is the problem when you think that the the way to solve a problem is to bring that one person who is suddenly going to represent the whole community and has to be the has to carry that burden of all of that emotional labor and it's like no and I mean I feel like in Beverly Hills it'll be a little bit different I don't think we're going to have the same sort of vibe with Crystal just because number one, Garcelle is there and number two, ha- we haven't had like this sort of scenario yet. And I don't think we're particularly going to have it on New York either with Ebony joining because again, it it's they're, they're joining in response to this backlash that the, that the, the casts are not diverse enough for their, for their locations, but they're not 
coming on to it off the back of like having to forgive so imagine if ebony came on and she had to forgive luann <laughs> for her tanning situation as diana ross like imagine if ebony had to come on and forgive <laughs> luann for blackface like come yeah. on i mean she should but like <laughs> Because like, that fake tan was suspicious. Wow. It was I mean, suspicious. It's, but it's exactly what we expect from Lou. So. But you know what? You know who does get it? And you know who I'd love to see in Dr. Tiffany Moon's corner? Mama D. Oh, she does not give a rip. <laughs> she does not give a rip. I love that that's her tagline. You just know if she got a Texas star, her tagline would be something about not giving it a rip. Be, I love Mama D. I can't stop looking at her wigs. I like every time I see her face, I'm just like, let me look at this wig. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> um, I think, like, for me, like, I don't know. This uh, Mama D is obviously a toxic mother. Like, the way she treats Tiadra is horrible. <laughs> Like, this is your ch- no. Come on, she's been giving her some more cash. But she, she, Deandra can keep her her, her housemate. House but she created now. the monster. Like this, this is what happens when you show love by giving by buying your kid things instead of actually showing them love and affection. Right? Like you, you can't blame Deandra for. I mean, you can now because she's an adult, but she's the product of her the way she was raised. Mama D is dodgy yeah, as well. Sorry, like, let's, let's not be too naive here. But honestly, I know that when she comes on the screen in one of those, like, daytime, out, nighttime kind of silk, like, pyjama sets that just can be worn all day as a Taurus, you know. Like, our goal in life is to, like, how can we wear pyjamas 24-7 <laughs> and still go to a black tie event? You know, like she's that aesthetic. Her makeup is so severe. I love it. I love it. But she just gets it. Like the way she just like her perspective. Amazing. Like Dr. Tiffany Moon is going through so much. She's a, a like a medical worker in the middle of a pandemic. She's got two young girls. She doesn't fit in with this group. She's dealing with the racist. Like, there's so much going yeah. on. And, like, Mama D is just like, you know what? She's fucking Mom, when Mama, I, I think the thing that I love about Mama D is that she calls out the fact that, I mean, it, I personally think that being a mother or, or, or somebody who looks after the home is a job. Um, it's one I would love to do. Am I fortunate enough to do it? No. Um, but Mama, because Mama D, you know, has been physically, I guess, had a career, so to speak. Um, I think I just, I, I think like she really, that's her trope. That's what, that's how she looks down on these women. And I don't like that, but I do like the fact that she called out that Dr. Tiffany's job involves people's actual lives every single day. And I was like, hmm. The, whenever, anytime, like, you know, the girls say, like, oh, yeah, my life is so hard as well. I'm always, like, ugh. But at the same time, I'm also, like, 
I love Dr. Tiffany Moon, but I think she just needs to stop bringing up how how hard her job is. Like we get it. Well, the girls get it because it's not it's not helping. You know what? That's been a real criticism of her on um, social media. I feel like a lot of the people who are Dr. Tiffany Moon haters. That's one of the things they love to mention, like how she's always going on about how she's a doctor and how hard her job is and blah, blah, blah. You know what? I don't care. You know, I, as much as I am a Jen Shah apologist, I'm going to be a, I don't know, an ally, an advocate. You're a moonbeam. I don't care. That's what, that's what Dr. A Tiffany moon Moon's beam. people are. We're the moonbeams. Oh Do you not know God. about this? No, how did I miss this? We are moonbeams. Welcome. Well, I mean, you're the one saying she shouldn't talk about what no, she does I'm not does saying anymore, she shouldn't anyway. talk about what she does. I think... We I th- get it. <laughs> I think there's a time and a place. And I mean, I said I wouldn't talk about her, but I'll use this just as, as an example. The first thing she does when she goes into Carrie's house is something that she knows is going to put Carrie on the offensive. We see you're in your scrubs. We know you've been at work. It's It's fine. But... You know what she does is that she goes on and on, and I and I don't and I under, I understand as well that you shouldn't have to like lower yourself so that other people can, you know, shine or whatever. But you already know that this is like a thing that like is going to make these people so antagonistic towards you, and so she starts off with that. And what ends up happening as they're walking through the hallway is all Carrie can hear is. Dr. Tiffany saying about how her day has been so hard. And so she completely misses all of the compliments that Dr. Tiffany gives her about her home and how beautiful it is and all this stuff because she's so laser focused on trying to justify her casual outfit is expected and, you know, she's just been at home doing other stuff and things like that. It's, it's just it's an interest, just that little sec- second uh, whatever it is, the squeak is back, um, is, is I think, like, quite quite a fascinating way in it, in, like, you should have just been, like, oh, hard day at the office, so glad I'm finally here, you know? That should have just been it. <sighs> I mean, you can't win, okay? You can't win. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But I'm just talking about how you know, I would approach it. As Mama D says, these people don't work. They don't, she doesn't give a rip. They just shop. I, I also you don't give, don't a, give rip. a rip. All right, fair enough. <laughs> the squeak's back. Oh, my dog. Well, I'm going to take the squeak as Does Maisie's, not give a rip. You know. No, she's in agreement with me. She's supporting what I have to say. Because there is only, like, there's no right or wrong answer here. There is only Dr. Tiffany Moon. Okay, I take back everything I said. Thank you. (laughs) Um, You know, the only other thing, given that we're not talking about half the cast anymore on this podcast, but, um, you know, I love at the end of this episode that uh, Mama D, sorry, not Mama D, Deandra, We'll be hosting the shaman for some Medicine like, Monday healing session. Medicine Monday, honestly, just can't. Deandra is on such an interesting journey this season. I just like I don't really understand it. I'm here for it though. I just like what is it? What's going on? Was she always a spiritual? 
I don't remember ever her talking about crystals or anything. Can we talk about but, the, um, the hairdresser of it all? This shaman, Darren, is getting better and Darren. better every week. This sh- uh, First of all, I just love that the shaman's name is Darren. Yeah. What's your shaman's name? <laughs> I wouldn't need to get a shaman first, but the, the way that was Stephanie Coleman knows him. <laughs> How has it taken this long he, for us to find this out? Right. Well, like, how long? Why is it taking this long? But like, you know, there's always that one fan. There's always that one Bravo blog that like remembers that one detail from like season one when like Darren would have done Stephanie's hair on on camera yep. for an event. Right? How has this not surfaced? But yes, he used to do hair extensions. Actually, I think he still does. Can do I just hair say extensions. the best bit is when. The like it's Deandra Carey and Tiffany and Deandra setting up, and and Deandra says, "Oh well, you know Stephanie knows him," and it's that moment where you're like, "Yes, please ask how." Like you don't always know if that's going to happen, and it does, and it may have been set up, but it was perfect. And the way Deandra is able to keep the straight face, which is like, "Oh well, you know he does hair," and the way. Tiffany reacts I was like thinking that she wouldn't just laugh but I was so glad that she did because that is all of us on finding this out and she's like and the way she's like I wish I could just have somebody doing my weave and clearing my chakras how many times have I said that to you that that is like my goal in life is to have somebody do my weave and clear my chakras at the same time you know what I think Darren is a very intelligent business person because he already has access to Dallas's, right. you know, richest customers. And you know what? If I was doing Deandra's hair and she told me how stressed she was, I would also have dropped oh. into the conversation about how I had been to Peru and I am now practicing with your crystal. I don't know. I don't want to say that he's taking advantage of Deandra, but like it's that he's helping her. She seems to be doing better, you know. Her and Jeremy are fucking like rabbits everywhere because of the shaman. So you know, sorry, I had to say. Yes, thank you, (laughs) thank you for saying it. Um, wow. Um. I want to bump Darren's song in my car. Do you think it's a banger? (laughs) Well, that's what I'm imagining. So Deandra is telling him while he's doing her hair about how stressed she is and he goes over to the radio and puts on his song and says that he'd been to Peru and now he's her shaman. Boom, boom. It needs this song. Wow. It needs the, like the way that no one knows what any of the words mean. No, it needs a remix. <laughs> it would that was it. The shaman thing is just I'm still not over the fact that he like sucked the stuff <laughs> out of it. <laughs> it's what a mama does to a baby. Get you a man that does both. Your your weave and your snot. And your chakras. I, I mean, I have not seen any chakras. Maybe in next <laughs> we'll week's episode, we will see a chakra being cleansed. Um. Okay. So, 
on a scale of one to five, how many shamans did you give this episode? I uh, I think I'm going to give it like two. Yeah. Because even though I'm very excited, no, I don't want to say I'm excited. I'm very excitable about the white fragility of it all. And like, I just like, I hate Mm -hmm. Randy Mm -hmm. so much at this point for how she has, you know, disrespected Dr. Tiffany Moon. Our our head moonbeam. Like, it's exciting to talk about, but like, I just, I can't. The the trash trash of it all. I am giving this episode to shamans also Ugh, well. can we talk about the golden just, crown in the yes. housewives trifecta this week please the new jersey of it what do you want to talk about the new jersey of it all the new episode four of new jersey, new jersey. and we've gotten so much don't you think for four episodes <laughs> and again it's because like i uh, said to you right at the beginning it might be a pandemic, but not in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We've gotten a lot, but I'm also like a little over it at this point. <laughs> um, the feud, I just, I can't. Like between, the, you know what the problem is? I'm just, I don't know if I'm like jumping ahead here. The problem is that Jackie and Teresa are the same person. This is the problem. I think we know that. On the first episode, I was team Jackie. Last week, I had an about face where I realised that this is the Teresa show and at some point you just have to just accept Trey the way she is. I've told you she's probably killed people. Like, I've told you there are bodies. I believe it. I'm just on, I'm just dealing with it. And while I wouldn't say that I am team Teresa, I am team Jackie needs to get over it at this point. Also, some of the shit that she's done in the, you know, the outside sphere, I think she she just, like, in the words of Sutton, she held on to the mouse for too long and she needed to let the mouse go. And now she's lording it over everyone and it's like, you know what? You and Evan, you're hot. We can see you love each other this this rumour is actually not as interesting as you think it is. You know what I realised in this week's episode? You know, you've had your revelations. I realised that there's the squeaking in agreement. Jackie is not a good No, she's not. She needs to go. She's, she's not playing the game properly. And she's... I don't understand how she's lasted three seasons. Because before Um, the few, you know what it is? Teresa is like not adding fuel to the fire. Teresa's so over this fight. And because Jackie didn't go on the trip, there was no fireworks. Whereas last season when her and Teresa were feuding, there was fireworks. But this time we've already moved on. We're more interested in Joe and Teresa now. Like we are done with Jackie. She had her chance she didn't go along on the trip and it backfired. I'm just going to say it. She has no storyline now. Nobody's interested anymore in these cheating rumors. Yeah, I'm like so done with her. And like, you know what was so obvious in this episode as well? Like, I'm going to, I'm gonna agreeing with Teresa here. Like, 
she wasn't there on the trip and I didn't miss her. I didn't notice she wasn't there. I didn't, like, and I think if she was there, like, besides the fact that she would have been, like, fighting with Teresa the entire time and there would have been a massive altercation, like, she wouldn't have added anything to the trip. She would have been a stick in the mud. And... I'm done with She's her. trying really hard as well. Like, I know she's sort of done a bit of an image change. You know, she's she's definitely made herself, like, prettier. She's more, like, designer-ish. She's, you know, doing all these things. But at the end of the day, you cannot be Teresa Judice. It'll never happen. These bitches need to quit while they're ahead. So, bye, bye Jackie. Jackie. Like I think that this feud with Jackie, yeah, it's over it. What I did find interesting though from Jackie was I did like the conversation with her brother. I think her family is quite interesting. Um, I think it was sad to hear about how he'd contracted COVID. I was glad that he was healthy and he'd survived it though. But aside from that, you know, it's not interesting. Not at all. Like, nothing. Then the only reason why we got that scene was because they had they to, have to like, give her somewhere. They have to show us what she was Sorry, doing. Like... Which, and have you noticed that the thing that she's always doing is just playing basketball with her kids? Like, do her kids ever sleep or do they just play basketball all the time? Or is the it same just the thing? Same scene? Could be. Like, it was just, like, a really long shot and they've just, like, cut, like, it into three bits and put it across. Like, yeah, I read an, um, a meme today and I actually shared it on our stories. But the, the MVP of this episode for me, same MVP last year, if I'm honest, is Frank Catania. I'm here for Frank. Oh. At this point, it's his show. Him and Teresa. Um, well... I mean, do you want to get into, like, the Jackie of it all? I mean, this whole, like, because, Frank, are we talking about the birthday party, his appearance at the yes. birthday party? So Jackie has this, like, second birthday party because the first one is such a flop. It was a Such flop. a disaster. We had to have a second one. I the party was actually good. Like, she enjoyed it until she heard about the rumour, which was, like, the next day. The party, the original party was fine. But we have to do it for Evan, Moshi. She's doing We're it for doing herself. doing it for Evan. She's pretty selfish. So that he feels supported. But he's, he works in and finance. Parties, everyone shows up and no one is in support of them. <laughs> like they, Joe Gorga's like, I'm Team Teresa. And everyone else is like, I don't see a problem with what happened. No, but Joe was like Team Teresa for like two seconds. That was quite funny, actually. Well, I think he's a clever man. He knows when he's not going to win the argument, right? But, yes, and then Frank comes along and he saves the day. What a hunk. I love him. I mean, it's sad that he's great at the expense of having treated Dolores like shit for years. And also, I mean, like I think I said this last week or the week before, but, like, him and Dolores obviously have this agreement that, like, I don't doubt that they're not friends, but I do think that their coexistence and the way that they operate has a lot to do with the show. Like a lot of it is for television. I'm I'm okay with it because I like to watch television, so it's fine. 
<sighs> yeah, he's great. I love watching him. I also follow their son on Instagram. <laughs> little Frankie, not so little. <laughs> not little at all. But much in the same way that, like, Kenya is driving the narratives on Atlanta, Ter- Teresa is definitely back. Like, aside from this situation with um, Jackie, you know, we're back again with the whole Gorga, Judice, you supporting me, are you supporting your brother? Like, that narrative, which will never end, is back because we know that Michelle, the best number one realtor in New Jersey, who is selling Teresa's house, has told Jennifer that that Joe Gorga owes her husband tens of thousands of dollars. And you know what? It was so nice to just see a scene where Jennifer approaches Melissa, tells her the tea, and Melissa doesn't react like a numbskull. And they just... Then then I love that, that what happens next because Teresa's like, I want to know what you were talking about. And then Teresa just asks her and she says, are you going to say that, allow that to happen about your brother? And what Teresa ends up doing shook me. I am shook. The fact that she decided that she won't let Michelle list her house until this issue is solved with her brother, I was like, maybe this is growth. Oh, whoa, whoa, I mean, it's growth whoa. for Hang Teresa. The, the, two, the two parts of that story are on, like, the bookends of this episode, <laughs> right? Because when that, like, I don't know, they're having lunch or they're having some sort of meal and Melissa explains what Jennifer has just told them, Teresa's like, well, I don't know what his business <laughs> dealings are. I don't know. I, I don't know. It's not for me to say. He never tells me about my business and it's not for me to know. And you know what? She's a pretty good realtor. She's the number one realtor against... in New Jersey. Like, she was not getting involved. She wasn't going to touch it because she wanted, because first of all, Michelle is her friend and it's a friendship by convenience because she's going to sell Teresa's right. home. And we, we've all seen that home. It is selling, <laughs> like, like it's not going to sell itself. And that second part of what you said, where she's like, well, I'm not going to list with you unless you solve this with my brother, that was at the very but end of the episode. Patricia, I'm on a new wave. I only see the good in Teresa now. Don't you understand this? I've decided uh, I'm to sorry. ignore the bad because I just realised last week, I was like, there's no point. I know, but it's all stage bullshit. <laughs> Teresa doesn't. Teresa is going to list with Michelle. I mean, of course she is. Even if Michelle's husband punches her <laughs> in the face. Like, she's going to list. And you know what? I am really interested by Michelle. I need Jackie out and Michelle in. Was it her jumpsuit? Because she. It was just everything she was giving me everything i needed from a new jersey number one realtor like she walked in she was in charge she was talking about that house and you could tell she was oh 100 percent a lot <laughs> but we all have to remember that house house of horrors was like it i have built far better homes on the sims <laughs> like 
it is a nightmare. There are doorways to nowhere. There are windows without glass. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's, there are, there are turrets holding up nothing. <laughs> oh, I do want to say that any woman who is brave enough to wear a jumpsuit that zips up all the way in the back, mm, brave woman. She, I thought she was fabulous. She doesn't she was pee. You know that she running around she's that not house. peeing at all during the day. She's like not drinking any water and not peeing because she's not taking that jumpsuit off. Oh, I feel like she wouldn't pee because it's like a waste of her. hundred percent. Like, you know what I mean? She's the kind of girl that she doesn't she doesn't excrete waste because excreting waste <laughs> is for losers. It's for suckers. It's for the plebs. I'm really into her. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. Now, this other friend of Marjorie's girl, who has the most Jersey of Jersey accents, I just, like, don't even see her. I just hear her, and it's brilliant. I think it's, like, interesting that she's a friend of. I don't really know, because she's, like, her. She's like Marjorie's assistant, right? So she's yeah. kind of like on the trip, and then like when she was like getting coffee for everyone or like breakfast or whatever it was, I was kind Lexi, of like, "That's her name." Yes, Lexi. So I was like, I don't know. She, I feel like she's just like everyone's assistant. She's like the crew assistant on this trip. Like, get, like if you're gonna be a friend of, like, be a real friend. Don't be the well, assistant. I, well, I think like her job is to make sure that that trip goes off without a hitch, and I think like you know, I think Marge is coming backed up. I think Marge is like, I can't be best friends with anyone, so I need to bring my own people because I just never know what I'm going to be confronted with. But I think Marge also knows that, like, really, it's her and Teresa. Like, it's their show at this point. Yeah, I love the Marge. Um, I do want to jump back to Trey because I've just taken us on a wild Trey ride. It's all my fault for jumping straight to the end. But we got horny Trey again this week. Oh, my God, with the pool guy. Tony. Yeah, well, he's hot though. I mean, he is hot. But, you know, I, I actually always love when Dolores narrates Jersey life for me and like breaks it down as to why it will never happen. And I'm always like, thanks, Dolores. But, you know, like I know what function she serves on this show, you know? But I think she is a really good example. Like Dolores is a really good example of what this show should be and why Jackie should no longer be on it. Yeah. Right. I agree. Dolores, like, you know, she knows Teresa. She knows Melissa. I think she knows Jennifer as well. Right. Jennifer's been around for a while. Like we all know each other. Like Jackie, we don't know her. She doesn't fit the mold. And unfortunately there's a mold in this show. There is a mould and I hate that the mould is, you know, it's very Italian-centric. Um, but it, And I think, I think you cannot fit the mould and also fit, fit the mould. And I think Marge is a perfect example of somebody who is physically and I think in the way that she operates not like these women. You know, we've seen that Dolores has had issues with Marge in the past because she thought Marge was so different. But Marge has found a way to exist and to find her uh, her spot. What I, what I think is happening that I don't like, and this is why I'm also like starting to not really appreciate Jackie, is I used to like that she was being the smart girl before. 
it was a nice shtick, but there's a certain level that you have to take it to. Once you start proclaiming that you're so smart and they're so dumb, you actually just look like the dumb one because this woman has managed to successfully be on a season of a one reality show for X amount of years. She's one of the last OGs. Like, you might have the business smarts, but you don't have the X factor. And Teresa has the X factor, or, I mean, she does in this instance. Um, God, we just jumped away from talking about Horny Teresa onto this shit again. I really want to talk about Horny Teresa. I want to talk about her asking her parents in heaven to bring her a man. She's also wearing a lot of macrame over her bathing suits. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> I was not expecting the macrame moment. Um, she's she's on holiday right now wearing macrame over a bikini. And I'm like, girl, it's macrame. Just hang your pots in it. <laughs> hang your pots. It's it's a look, okay? It's like um, boho is chic. It, it's not boho chic. It's grandma chic. Ooh. It's not. It's not even boho chic. It's like full hipster chic. It's like... I've been in lockdown. I had to do arts and crafts. And we know that Teresa hasn't had to do arts and crafts. So I'm like, why is she wearing a pot hanger around her waist? But, it's not fashion. But you know what? I love that he, she did ask Nonna and Nonna for a man. Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. Maybe I need to pray to my grandparents for a man. Well, and you know what? <laughs> I think it's interesting. I think it's setting her up for success. You know, we all know now that she's got <laughs> Louis. Obviously, he's a good guy. Maybe mum and dad have sent mm, him. Flout chaser. Yeah, I always thought that her dad didn't have really good taste. He liked Joe, so. Did he like Joe? Yeah, they used to sit around and talk shit about everyone together. Remember, that's the whole reason why Joe Gorga doesn't, was getting really annoyed because he was giving my father poison. <laughs> that was my joke. <laughs> the poison. <laughs> no, you're not feeling. I don't. It. I don't know what that. That I don't know what it is. I mean, it was joke all that saying poison. My father poison. I thought it was good. I don't know. I think it's a little like uh, musical theater. Joe Gorga is quite musical theater. Oh, I wish it was musical theatre. He's so camp. I think Joe Gorgo is quite a campish character. Because <sighs> he's, he's so over the top. He's insane. He's just Italian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Andiamo! The one time, sorry, that Teresa spoke Italian in this episode. I loved it. Um, he's just <laughs> Italian. Yeah, I think you're right, I guess. Pizza bagel. Sorry, I'm still not over <laughs> Jennifer and the half Italian Oh, we're, we're getting to that that time of the podcast where there's I feel like there's not much more interesting to say. Oh, aside from Marge got a book deal. And that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to say that whenever somebody releases a book, haters are going to come. Oh. I can't wait. I can't wait. Because we have to remember Teresa is a New York Times bestseller. So... <laughs> But I think that we're Italian. I think we're at a point now, though, where Jen, um, Jennifer, Marge, and Teresa are not enemies. So I feel like we can give. Doesn't Marge, matter. Okay. But, it doesn't matter. Just whenever somebody has like something nice about to happen, you know, she's gonna write. It's gonna be like when Teresa wrote that shit about Caroline, and it all backfired in the book. Some shit's gonna go in. She's gonna talk about the girls. 
And I mean, she, I, the thing that I'm glossing over completely is the fucked up story she recounted oh, about yeah. essentially being raped as a young girl and that it was like, it is what it is. Not, I need to stop with these accents. But that was horrific. I think I blocked it out because I was like, I don't need to discuss that trauma. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, Jennifer was, like, uncomfortable as fuck, I think. It was, it was really, really bad. So how many um, turnpikes are you giving this episode? Oh, the Jersey Turnpike. <laughs> you know what? I think it was meh. And then, and then I met Michelle properly. Ah. But I would say it's like three. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give it three and a half. It was definitely the best of the trifecta. Um, I will just sort of add that, like, if you want something interesting, you should all watch Married to Medicine Atlanta. Just, we're not going to talk about it on the podcast, but you can jump it, slide into our DMs and talk about it with me. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> Patrizia won't talk to you about it. Um, and on that note, rate, review, subscribe, please follow us on Instagram at the lower level pod. You can find Moshi. She posts most of the content <laughs> and I just read the notifications and then she doesn't know what the notifications are anymore. <laughs> He's so rude. The amount of follows that we get and he has looked at it and not followed back this is why he was not surprised about how what a tyrant Jen Shah was and found that the way she spoke to her staff was not rude it's why I own 51% of this company it's why yeah you're an apologist you've told us anyway before we have a fight (laughs) (laughs) please save it for the pod next week save it for the pod we'll fight next week as always, it was lovely to chat housewives with you. A pleasure as always, Moshi. All right. See ya. Bye.